Blog Talk Radio. everybody thank you so much for uh listening to and you know giving such amazing and sweet feedback um on the pretty much fantastic podcast first episode the pilot one i'm hoping everybody is tuning in again and if you're here for the first time welcome um that was such an, a blessing to be able to do and mary you just make everything so much easier and brighter and lighter and uh, we'll get more. We'll get we'll get an intro. <laughs> Actually, I, I just looked in my files. We do have an yeah. intro. I just forgot to upload it. So I could play it. So, hey, you know but you know what? If if I had uploaded it, you wouldn't have heard this amazing music. I know. That's really. I'm like snapping along over here. No, like I, it's like, and we need to work, baby, that music in somehow because I really, even as a transition to something, because it needs to stay. It, it needs to stay. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're the best. Thank you so much for even like doing that and having just the time to, oh my goodness, give to this podcast and all these other great creative projects that you put your heart and soul into. So I'm just grateful for you, Mary, truly. Oh. Thank you. I'm grateful for you, too, Lauren. You know what's so funny is I've had uh, probably five different people in the last week tell me, you do too much. You need to stop doing so much for everybody, okay? So you, you lady that, that walks with me, my neighbor who walks with me, who's saying I need to do so much, should I stop walking with uh-huh. you every day? Oh, see? People... People in my writers group, people in my writers group who say you write too much, or you work too much, you do too much. Should I stop doing my writers meetings? It's so good. People even so good, be unique. No. You know, people in be unique say, "Mary, you need to stop doing so much." Oh, 
be unique? No, I can't. Never. No, no. I, I, I can't it's, imagine it's the wealth not doing what I'm doing. I mean, I've, I've learned. It's been a long time, but I have learned that I do not need to work from 9 o'clock in the morning until 9 o'clock at night or sometimes 2 o'clock in the morning until 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, I no longer do that. Right. No. I, I get up. No. I get up a little more leisurely now. I take my walk with my neighbor. I come home. Some days I shower. Some days I stay home and don't do that even. But I do my thing. <laughs> living your life. And yeah. I am, I am living my life. My life is me time. And Yay. I do what I do. And I, I don't feel like I need to justify how much I do or that I should cut down anything that I don't want to cut out of my life. I love that. No, and no one should have to justify those kind of things, especially when it just keeps contributing to um, keeping us fulfilled because you can never pour from an empty vessel. So as long as you're doing these things, we all do these things, like with intention of it's keeping us going and it's not like draining the battery but keeps charging it in good ways. And if that means having, you know, leisurely days here and there. I'm trying to get my mom on this theory, but, again, she's another one who – when you pour so much into people and things, and it, it does, it, where it fills you up, it also kind of, you know, there's moments where you're like, okay, maybe I should take that extra little time today, but then keep doing what I'm doing because it's a balance. And I think we always are kind of trying to strive for some whatever version of balance we can create because there's no one balance for one that's right for another. But um, good habits are always part of that, I think. We can interject that in anything. And I think yeah. it's a habit. It's mindful. It's a mindful habit. Yeah, it's a matter of, of being aware that you are doing a lot. And if it feels like it's too much for you, then back off. But right, don't ever right. let somebody else be the one to say you do too much. Uh, excuse right. me, you don't live in my skin. Yeah, exactly. And so, and let's be real, we're all kind of doing the most at times, you know, like, and I think, I think people can probably relate more to doing too much than doing too little. I feel like, especially nowadays and just where life is and, and taking time, especially because I think this, this probably segues really well into the podcast topic for today, which is called the widowhood effect. And I sent this over to you last night because this is a topic I've been kind of like marinating on a little bit and researching because yesterday was what would have been my three-year wedding anniversary with Andrew. That's and I crazy. Was like, yeah, and, I, and I'm thinking, wow, three years, like, already? Like, it, sometimes it feels – and, of course, my sister, who spent a portion of the day with me as we're walking and talking, we went to go visit how I spent my day, and I know this may – you know, for someone who's just lost their spouse, like, I don't know where, you know, you are in your year one, two, three, and beyond. But I think for me, it just kind of felt like we were just talking about taking a leisurely day where it just sort of did what felt right, you know, in that moment, but that made us filled our cup that didn't take away anything. And so my sister and I had this wonderful time of um, I went with her and we had to go to a little doctor's appointment, which was, it wasn't bad. Everything went great. Everything was smooth. And then after that, we um, went to the location where we got married. And it was a beautiful day. I live in Southwest Florida, for those of you who don't know. And Mary also lives in Florida, but a different part. Um, 
and uh, it was just a beautiful day of kind of just having happy memories and reminiscing, and I didn't cry nearly as much as I thought I would. I was very proud of myself for that. Oh. So, but, yeah, and it's not even just sad tears. Always, I think people cry. It's like the happy tears. It's like the happy memory tears and that kind of stuff. But I was just – it was nice. It's right on Little Sarasota Bay in a um, venue called Bay Preserve at Osprey, and anybody can go. It's like a park. So if you ever are in the area, I highly recommend you can go. You can walk the grounds. There's a beautiful – um, home that's on there that was privately owned, and then when the owners left their estate, the Conservation Society of Florida um, scooped it up and are le- making it a beautiful just testament to nature and the surroundings and allowing um, young rowers who, like, do boat rowing, like, they can launch out of there. You can bring your kayak. Like, you can use it um, at your leisure, and it's just a beautiful place um, with a beautiful home on the ground. And so that was such a wonderful and exciting way to honor that day and memory and um even when i was sort of we were walking around it was it was you were getting out there with these little like flashbacks here and there of just like of everything that had happened and even though it was like three years ago i'm like it still kind of feels like yesterday in a way but also well, maybe three years ago you know <laughs> that makes that makes me ask i know yesterday was more a joyful day for you than the yeah. two years we have been. What do you do on a day when you don't feel like going out and interacting with the world? But I know you've got those days. Um, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I think, in fact, sometimes I, as much as I am a extrovert, I am very much an introvert. Like on the days when I feel like I don't really want to do anything, I am usually in my house. I will um, either try to be cleaning up or catching up on doing something because the rest of my time, you know, I really do spend trying to be active and and doing things and I'm involved in a lot of um, uh, activities with, you know, co-size my church and I sing, you know, so I'm doing a lot of that. Um, And that really, it, it, it keeps me going. But when I can have these moments of just like, I don't really feel like doing anything, I enjoy just being at home, like in my space and running around with my dog outside or going for a walk around, you know, the trail that is around my home or just meeting up with a friend and grabbing some lunch. You know, I mean, like, I don't know. I just, I do enjoy alone time, but it's mostly just spent reading or watching, catching up on one of my, you know, mindless TV shows. I love Bravo. <laughs> Let that be known. <laughs> the public What's your favorite show? I, Oh, my gosh. Well, way, way too much. And I don't really have a ton of time for TV anymore, but anything. I've been a Real Housewives fan for, like, 13-plus years at this point, probably. So so there's a lot of franchises I watch of that. It's so funny. And watching the dynamics of some of those women is is just a, a, so interesting. It's so interesting. Um, and it is pure entertainment. And I, Andrew, I used to make watch them, too. <laughs> and he would. And he would. Um, over his phone while he's pretending to not, you know what I mean? Like would watch them, but not, but then magically knew everybody's name, knew like the circumstances that were surrounding the moment, you know? So that was always fun and, and a good time. But yeah, that's my chosen kind of go to when I'm inside, I'm inside and I'm not answering the door, <laughs> but I'm usually always chatting with somebody, you know, I, and that's, and that's okay with me. Um, even if I can do it in an alone time, but it's hard for me sometimes, I think, to sort of, like we were talking about, shut it off and not just be present for people or things, you know, even when I'm just by myself, because it still fills me up, and then I can go 
and, you know, do my reading or do that kind of a lot where it's just quiet for a minute, you know, and it's just Maya and I, Maya the dog and I, um, uh-huh. yeah, that, that's it. I think that is, that's where I get my refilling time when I'm not always out there and doing something to answer your question. And in the fine, oh, sorry, go ahead, Mary. That's important that you know when and how you can put yourself out and when you need to stay home and uh, recharge. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of people, whether, even people that aren't dealing with the death of a spouse, a lot of us have trouble knowing when to stop pushing through. That's that's yeah. been one of my biggest lessons, I think, for me, was, mm-hmm. yes, I can power through this. Yes, I can be every woman. I am, you hear me roar, watch me grunt and groan. I'm going to do this <laughs> by God, by golly. No, nothing's mm-hmm. going to tell me I can't. I am me. But I don't mm-hmm. always have to be me. I don't always have no. to be the powerhouse, the um, the woman in charge. I've learned to step back, ask for help, accept the help, and look for help. That has been that. my biggest lesson. And I mm-hmm. didn't have to suffer. I, I didn't suffer the kind of loss you've suffered. But I've ha- I had to I had to lose other things, right? Uh, my right. Health, and there's there's and I lost yeah, my yeah. health. And to be honest, yeah. I had to go through a grieving process and understand. Yes, my health is not good right now, but I can right. I can regain it. Yeah, and, and so that's that's where I came from with that one. Yes. No, and I always think back to this quote, and I don't know who said it, but it definitely wasn't I who made it up, but it's that we're human beings, not human doings. And sometimes we get so caught up in the that we forget that we're just being and that we need to just be sometimes. We don't need to be everything all the time, (laughs) which a lot of us fall into that category, myself included, yourself included. My mother, uh-huh. who was then, who was on the first, you know, and keep going. My sister. Sometimes it's a generational thing. It's a legacy thing, um, and that just with comes with being um, a piece of a of a generational puzzle that's valued. Just making everything, pursuing with excellence, and sometimes to just keeping that strain. But we have to just be, you know, and that's our kind of generation that's sort of, sort of trying to reestablish and reimagine what that looks like on a different level, purely because we have to do it for our health, for our mental health, um, physical health and mental health. And we need to do it because that's when we find that we can connect so much more to receiving what we need to to keep moving forward, you know? And I think that that needs to just be where we're creating that more for for where we are in in this time and place, even though there's so much turmoil and craziness happening, um, you know, but even if you have dealt with, uh, you know, losing of a spouse or loss of your health, health you know, there, loss, I feel like there's, there's no linear version to, to loss. And while there is some, you know, that seem way more than others, it's, um, it, there, there's a profound moment when you're like, I don't have what I used to have. And that can be with anything, <laughs> you know. So 
you're I, I just agree with you so much is that we're need we're needing to just reimagine how we um care and take that care level of care for ourselves. Well, you know, the the thing about a human being not a human doing I had started doing uh, mantra for myself when I would meditate. And I would, I was, because my health was part of my issue, I was doing these affirmations. I am healthy. I have beautiful skin. I have energy. I am strong. I am fast. I am quick witted, whatever. And Mm -hmm. before, I I did it uh, maybe three or four days frequently throughout the day. Next thing I know, I'm sitting down with the cat on my lap doing my my moments of meditation. And, you know, a lot of people think meditation has to be this big process. It doesn't. Right. Meditation no, it doesn't is nothing more than the intention to connect with God. Whatever you so count yeah. on as God, you know, whether it's yourself, whether it's um, – Allah or Jesus or Jehovah or, um, you know, it doesn't matter. I call God Gus, God universe spirit. (laughs) I also call him dude because sometimes I'll be like, hey, dude, you know, we need to talk. And dude, exactly. And I got to the point where instead of I am this, I am that, I am strong, I am healthy, I am whatever, I caught myself. I am. I am. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's where God lives is right in that little spot between the I and the am. And you get into that, you get into that mindset. And sometimes this is a little rare because our brains aren't wired this way. Sometimes I can just simply be. And when I do that, I feel so in touch with God and with myself, but mm-hmm. um, saying over and over, I am, I am, I am, helps remind me that I am not doing anything. Right, right. <laughs> and everything in between that I am is the promise of what's already just been in, in your genetic DNA that is from God. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it's just everything you say, like, when we are blessed and prosperous and have our good health and all these things, that's already in there in that I am. It's already it's already baked in there. And we can still affirm it because, you know, we have the power in our in who we are and how we say these things. And just like as we receive it, we say it. So it's a, it's a beautiful affirmation, and I, I love that, Mary. It's so great. It's so great. And it just it just takes us to a much more elevated way of believing, you know, and having faith and, and thinking um, about our circumstances differently. And I love that. <laughs> I love it. Well, it, it, it has taken me a long, long time to get to this point of realizing I don't have to constantly be doing all the time. Yeah, I am busy. Right. And yes, my friends say you do too much until it's time for me to count, cut out what they want me to do. But right. <laughs> exactly, they're, they're not wrong when they say you do a lot. But right. I am not ever going to be, I mean, I may get to a point in late, late, late life where I can't physically do the things I'm doing right now. And I, I may get to the point where 
Um, you know, my my attention span may be short, but I hope I'm always able to stay busy doing something. Yes. No, and I think that that thing, busy doing something, is the key to keeping us in progression and pursuit of what we're really hungry for and what we need to be feeding ourselves with. And, and that's what kind of, like, I would say made me and, and why I think God is so good and brings us uh, into, into connection with articles and things we read and things that we're ingesting musically, um, you know, ver- any, any which way that we're taking something in. I had come across before uh, the anniversary that was yesterday, this article, as I was searching just things about widows, which I do sometimes, <laughs> uh-huh. because I like, to, I like to see what's being published because there really is not much that's published. And I, and I always am curious to see who is creating and cultivating something around a topic that I am very curious about and, you know, as we all have can uh, love or live with someone who's gone through it firsthand. Um, this woman named Christina Frangu, I came across a article that she had written in, let me see, I'm looking at my notes here. It was 2016 um, that she wrote it. She had lost her husband, Spencer McLean, uh, at the age of 36 to an aggressive form of cancer in 2013. And from diagnosis to passing, they only had 42 Earth Days, and I put the Earth Days portion in. Like, she didn't write that, but that was me, because I always feel like it goes on in spirit, but I digress. We'll talk about that later. But uh, Earth Days together, and she wrote this memoir for a Canadian outlet. She's Canadian herself. Uh, outlet called The Globe, and The Globe and Mail, in December of 2016. And I just was reflecting so much on how her piece, even though it was written in 20, 2016, it's so timeless. Um, and it like it it has an emotional ripple, Mary, that really just kind of like hit me to my core because like as I'm sitting here in 2023, to know that she was feeling almost textbook exactly how I felt was insane to me, um, in in a in just a connection kind of way, and she lists in these articles. I'm going to quote some of the things from her because she she the title of her piece is called The Widowhood Effect, What It's Like to Lose a Loved One So Young. And uh, she was 36, he was 36, and she recounts having to do things um, called like widow tasks after he died. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, yep, yep, which is the organizing of everything, having to have a death certificate and birth certificate on hand at all time to go and show people to close accounts and do this and do that. You know, that, that falls under the widow task. And um, she just recounts the best of times, their best of times and worst of times, and it just, whoo, it was one of those where I had to read it piece by piece because I was crying so hard in between reading, like paragraph by paragraph, that I had to like take breaks as I was reading it because it just mirrored an entire experience that I had to live myself. And when she talks about the widowhood effect and what that means, because I was like, I've never heard this term before. I don't know if you've ever heard the term. No, I've never heard that. Yeah, I had never either. And I was like, okay, well, so now I'm now I'm really curious. And I'm a girl who loves to dig into a mystery. So I'm like, what does this mean? And so she quotes it in her 
um, piece, which she calls the me- a memoir on, you know, in the blog, she says the widowed are two and a half times more likely to die by suicide in the first year of widowhood than the general population. We are, in fact, more likely to die of many causes, heart attacks, car accidents, cancer, many seemingly random afflictions that are not so random after all. There's a name for this in the scientific literature, the widowhood effect. It's dated now, oh, but in 1986... Right? And so she goes on to say it's dated now, but a 1986 paper in the British Medical Journal explored death after bereavement. It opens atypically for a scientific paper. In quotes, the broken heart is well established in poetry and prose, but it is there but is there any scientific basis for such romantic imagery? Indeed there is, says um says Christina and she says, according to the author, he found that a strong association exists between spousal bereavement and death. Multiple studies in the last 40 years have confirmed these findings. A meta-analysis published in 2012 that looked at all published studies of the widowhood effect found widowhood is associated with 22% higher risk of death compared to the married population. The effect is most pronounced among younger widows and widowers defined as those in their 40s and 50s. The widowed in their 30s, like me, also die at higher rates than our married counterparts, but, in the, but the difference is not statistically significant, not because, it isn't significant, not because it is insignificant, but because there are too few in this age group to detect measurable differences. We are too few oh. and too young to be significant. And I was like, and that, of course, after I finished that one, I was like, and just lost it and and completely was like this is just and there was no accident that I came across this article at this time because I cannot recall seeing this when I was looking for similar things shortly after Angie passed away and it would have been there because it was 2016 you know but I never read this and I always think things happen for a reason and so getting the chance to see this um you know, I was like, wow. And then she, she just goes on with all these different statistics, you know, and, and uh, she goes on to say that those of us who have lost a spouse endure a particularly gutting kind of stress that eats away at our protective barriers. As we're talking about keeping our health of importance in check, Mary, in 1949, two psychiatrists at the University of Washington set out to study stressful life events and the ways they contribute to illness. For 15 years, the duo studied 5,000 patients. At the end of the study period, death of a spouse topped their list of cataclysmic life events. The authors assigned it a value of 100. Far behind in second place with 73 points was divorced. Nearly 50 years have passed since they published that study, and the results still stand. The stress of losing a spouse permeates every part of one's body, affecting each cell and manifesting tremendous physiological changes. Cortisol levels rise and sleep is disrupted. Heart rate and blood pressure increases. Your neutrophils, a white blood cell that fights infection, become less effective, particularly in the elderly. Your cells begin to falter in their responsibilities. Your immune system weakens, and you fall prey to countless illness that under normal circumstances would be held at bay. And I was like, wow, how just profound to see at 22% in the up rate, (laughs) you know, like, and I just, I, I was blown away, Mary. I was blown away at this data and especially since there really isn't much as she even puts it to kind of go on and um 
I just was like, wow, and and I'm, and again, I'm reading this in chunks because my eyes were, you know, <laughs> I'm not crying, you're crying, you know, moment. Like, <laughs> so in, in, in running back, you know, as I'm continuing to read this article, another piece stood out to me. She goes, on our third wedding anniversary, our, I'm sorry, our third wedding anniversary arrived while I was alone at my family's summer home on the Mediterranean island of Cyprus. That morning, I listened to a voice message Spencer recorded three days before he died, speaking into the voice memo app on my phone. Steroids have eroded his voice. He's so tired that he pauses in the middle of sentences to catch his breath. And I have, I have very, you know, I have, this, I have similar voice messages from, from Andrew yeah. in, in those moments as well. And I was like, and of course, that was her three years, you know, in her wedding anniversary. I'm like, wow, okay. So again, significance, because she doesn't list any other, you know, moment of a two year and first year. And, um, and she then goes on to say, because I know she speaks so much about talking about the, the young experience from a widow's perspective, but you can never not acknowledge the fact that the older widow population, after having lived and been with someone for a huge, enormous chunk of their life, um, go through just like she, like they describe it as cataclysmic, um, you know, emotional feelings. And she says about older widows that I often think about older widows whose spouses die after many years of marriage, how lost they must be. That's borne out in studies of elderly widows, which suggest bereavement can be a factor in the development and progression of Alzheimer's disease. In my 36-year-old oh brain, I I know. And then she says, in my 36-year-old brain, I find myself unable to access the most rudimentary information. I no longer instinctively know the year with certainty. I do a mental check by calculating how long he's been gone. And I feel the exact same way. I mean, I am every day trying to keep and continue increasing my mental capacity and facilities because of, you know, I guess now what I'm reading without knowing that after what I've read, but in that keeping busy and keeping purpose and keeping serve, serving aspects of people because there's so many people that need us in, in the gifts that we possess, keeping that at the forefront will keep the other things at bay because you've got to keep yourself jogging along, you know, and, and we have to be our own kind of moment and that because we're all we've got <laughs> sometimes, even in the most isolated moments. And I thought, wow, but to know that in the elderly population, it, it advances and progresses, uh, or I'm sorry, it advances the progression of Alzheimer's disease. I was like, no wonder, almost, you know, in a very sad way. I thought, wow, there's something else to, to back it up. And, um, you know, she also, in closing, you know, says, if I charted my emotional state over the last three and a half years, you would see what researchers call a lot of noise. Dots spread chaotically over time, I'm, say, I'm sorry, over a time, plot no discernible pattern to their location. The five famous stages of grieving would be represented, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance, but there are less stages and more viewpoints that I revisit time and time again. And I feel the exact same way. I think it's such a profound thing that she even says. And she also has a dog now named Ajax. Who, she's a little, a, little, a little girl puppy named Ajax. And she, who she credits to, she couldn't possibly weep when Ajax jumps on her lap and licks away her tears. She's like, how can you be crying? Like, how can you be? <laughs> yeah, and she says it in the article. And I'm like, and I looked at my dog now, and I think, same. You know, <laughs> how could one or your kitty, you know, how can you look down at these little faces if you are an animal lover? Goodness, I hope so. So, um, you know, for people who are listening, um, I know Mary is. 
Yeah. You just, like, you can't, that can't keep you in a state of just lower, sad, vibrational energy. And I think the last thing, you know, just to close out my little chat on the, the widowhood effect is I Wikipedia, you know, <laughs> Wikipedia, of course, always has some gems, you know, that I'm always, often I'm like, really? <laughs> and one of the gems that I found here was in regards to widowhood that um, a study, in a study done by Elwert and Christakis, they found that there was no widowhood effect found in endo, end, end, endodogmous marriages involving black men or women. So meaning like when met when when uh like two ethnicities married the same. There's you know, like white people, white people, black people, black people. And so they are saying that uh involving black men or women. Analyzing this finding, they propose that this might be because black people are able to extend their marital survival advantage into widowhood. This is likely because black people are prone right? This is likely because black people are prone to have kin nearer to help take care of them. They may be more self sufficient than their white counterparts and there is a greater religious participation in black people that may help them with spiritual comfort. White people were were found to have a large and enduring widowhood effect because there is no reparation to make up for the survival advantages that marriage gave them, even if they've been widowed for years. Wow. Wow. I know. Thank you. I was felt the same way. I was like, and, and I am, and I, for those who don't know, I'm a biracial woman. My mom, who, if you had seen you know, a picture scrolling from the last episode, is this adorable white woman. And my father is a black man. And um, I, reading that, I was just kind of like, that is so also profoundly just telling in so many ways of keeping our spiritual channels open and connected is such a driving forward movement of keeping you advancing and keeping yourself, of course, the days that are not as easy, few and far between. (laughs) Um, And I feel like that's where I'm at. And I couldn't, and that also couldn't have been more on the money for me because I just thought I have to keep a center and a foundation for which I know things to be true. And for this, I get to live a joyful purpose and even getting to sit here and talk with you and having this moment, like had I not had to endure and grow through and continue to go through uh, and grow through um, all these experiences, you don't get to unearth what the gifts and talents that like we possess are even in, and I sometimes think that like the harshest, most disgusting moments, like really start to show you who you are um, and hard, hard times really will reflect what, what we're kind of making ourselves, to be and um i just thought wow that's so cool it's so cool to to see this and read this and be able to share um you know christina's story here i don't know her personally but now i follow her on instagram (laughs) and it looks like she's leading like a really chill existence she's a biker she does like like road bike you know like distance biking um and so she posts that a lot like she and posts pictures of her dog ajax and she just seems to have a you know i'm sure not easy everyday thing but she does lots of talks about health topics with people because that's something she's very passionate about and I know that that's a thing that probably keeps her moving forward you know is is her pursuit of arming people and equipping people with knowledge in in not great situations and I'm like girl 
I love you already. I don't even know you. <laughs> yeah. I don't you love that? Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's what this, like, this is such a beautiful thing I'm, I'm grateful to be able to have this podcast for is keeping me, you know, in, in, in knowing of people's stories and finding new people's stories to help highlight, um, even though I don't personally know them, they need to be shared because this woman was a wealth of knowledge on something I knew nothing about. <laughs> and I don't, you know, I know a little about a lot. So, <laughs> so it's nice to be, be able to, uh, to just receive her story. And, and again, I will post a link to on my Instagram uh, for everybody to, um, if you care about reading her, her memoir, which I hope you do because this woman is amazing and incredible and you may need to take breaks like I did to grab the tissues and whatever, but it's worth it. I will post that link on my Instagram for you guys to take advantage of if you could choose. But I hope you do <laughs> because Christina is amazing. Christina, if you ever hear this, I just, I'm in awe of you, ma'am. <laughs> I'm in awe. Well, you know what I'm in awe of? Besides, besides how well you have handled this, I mean, a lot of people would have just curled up and and not known what to do. But you seem to have thri- thrived. Is that the right word? You seem to thrive. I'm a therapist and I say that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. No, I, I feel that driven. way. I'm, thank you. Thank you. Driven. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Thank you I am so driven much. to driven. I'm driven to the ribbon. We have the ribbon in here, Mary. And, you know, I just love that you continue to thrive with this platform and giving people like me, you know, the ability to have this kind of um, discussion and and chat with you and hear these things and share these stories. And I, it just helps all of us. I think that's the biggest piece of healing we can all get is serving others. And by doing that, we get healed ourselves in so many ways. And so we get to, we get to, that's the beautiful part is we get to, we don't have to, yes. but we get to. We have, the, <laughs> we have the honor and the privilege to do these things. For real? Oh, Mary. Oh, this is, this is, and I'm, I'm here, I go, like I was telling, you know, Mary before we popped on here today, I was like, I'm nervous, Mary, I'm nervous again, but that's me. You guys will understand that that's just who I am. <laughs> And, and, and you were nervous. Like, I from, well, you know, you've you've rattled on for more than an hour now, or no, not quite, about half an hour. No, about thirty. Yeah, but which is my goal. That, 30, this is my goal. Like, this, yeah, this was a this was I met my goal. Because <laughs> 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 that's what I wanted to short keep this one a little, you know, short and just, um, you know, give something to think about and. You know, because it's just going to be longer sometimes on these podcasts and shorter sometimes on these podcasts. And I am fine with that. We try try to um, allow for the extra time or, you know, if we have to stop early, we stop early and it's fine. Yeah. It all works out out exactly the way it's supposed to. You better believe it, Mary, and all is well in that because of that. You are amazing. This is, uh, what a great outlet. And I just love, 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 love every single person who, um, again, reached out to me yesterday, um, who, <laughs> I had so many, that was the other thing too, is I had so many amazing people who like attended our wedding and just friends, you know, and, and um, I, I, just, I took the time out of their day to just tell me they loved me. 
And I was like, oh, my gosh. This is a, I, I just could not ask for oh, such an amazing group of people in my life. And um, near and far and wide, it is, I'm just blessed. I'm blessed to have all kinds of beautiful people in, in my world. And I'm so thankful for everybody um, that took that time yesterday and, and any day, really. Let's just check them, but yesterday especially, because that was uh, a moment that needed to happen. And, and I'm, I'm blessed. I am blessed. <laughs> yes. So, thank you, guys. Yes. And, of course, and everybody can always follow me on Instagram, too. I just want to make sure to shout that out before we come to a close here is follow at it's I-T-S, pretty much fantastic on Instagram. I today have been so accomplished, Mary. I created my link tree, which you all can click in the bio. It will take you to the newest episodes of this podcast when it's available. Also get you the Snapchat account that I have, which I'm going to be over there showing everybody just life and random quips and things that flow through my mind when we're not doing this because that happens often. Um, and, yeah, my email, if you guys want to get in contact with me, that will, that's all underneath the links on my Instagram account at It's Pretty Much Fantastic. So bop over there, everybody, <laughs> when you have awesome. a chance. And give me a – Well, yeah. I'm going to hit that button and just take it out with the robot coop one more time. And then I'm going to go upload your actual intros because I, I forgot that I just created. How silly of I love you. Thank you, Mary. You were the best. This, this, this was very good for me because um, talking about my illness as if it was a death, and it was it was a death of the healthy part of me. Yeah. It, it helped me to put that into perspective. So I guess I have a few little tasks to tend to as well. <laughs> yeah, you know what? And we it, it never stops. But that's the beauty is we get to all be better together and learn all these things so we can grow together. And that's what we're here for. We're just rewriting yeah. rewriting all this stuff. Yes. <laughs> oh, Mary, you are a gift and a treasure, and I love you, and I can't wait to do this again with you uh, on the first Friday of next month. First Friday of well, – are we doing the first third with you? The first and third, yeah. Okay. That's me. I, I, I get so <laughs> – we've had so many setbacks in the last couple of months. I know. I'm like – Okay, well, as soon as somebody tells me who's doing what, I'm there. <laughs> I know. I am making a concerted effort to maintain to maintain my – to just keep going. And regardless yes. of how I feel or what's going on, we, we are in pursuit of progress. So we, we're going to do it. First we, week, before we end the show, I wanted to ask you, have you run into other young widows or are mostly most of the widows that you've run into older? Currently, where I am in my location, it's mostly been older, older widows. Younger, I have just encountered through social media. I am hoping to, and again, as a result of this podcast and, and, and getting it out, out to people, I hope to connect. That's my goal is to highlight and learn so much from other younger widows um, about their experience and what they've, you know, had to grow through and endure and, and just, that's my goal. So I'm always looking for new friends because I was considered, especially when you are in this kind of um, minimal bracket, you always want to connect and, and create and cultivate friendships with people that have gone through what you've had to walk through too. So that's my yeah. goal. So ladies and gents, if you're out there, again, go find me on Instagram and, and get in touch with me because we need to chat. <laughs> we need to chat and, and it's the best way. So 
I, I hope to, to meet more people to answer your question, more younger widows. And, and it's um, – find you is to go to Instagram and find it's pretty much fantastic, right? That's, that's it, I-T-S, pretty much fantastic, all one word. It's pretty much fantastic. All right, I'm going to put that in the description and make sure that they know how to find you. Perfect. And that's that's it, folks. So y'all get ready that's to rock over here. Lauren and I are going to just jam out for a few minutes. Yes, back to our, our good music. Hi, everybody. Thank you.